Hello, everybody. This is Jennifer Randeep coming to you back with Conversations and Conscious Change. We have interesting times that are on right now, massive change. But then what exactly is that change? What is in our range to actually change? What can we shift? What can we maneuver into? How do we navigate this change? Well, my guest today is a very interesting lady and I love speaking to her because she is one person who brings a lot of joy. In fact, her operating system is joy. So when she radiates it, she just passes it on to everyone. Her personal belief is that everything is possible. We are not impossible at all. So when you are operating from that space, I wonder what change is truly available. What can we create? What can we navigate? What can we facilitate? This lovely lady has made it her personal passion to bring about this change and transformation to everyone that she meets, everything she does, her personal stuff, her professional stuff, a clinical counselor, an NLP coach, a poet. She loves writing. It's a go-to place. She also helps people by editing their work and truly helps them to become authors as well. She has been developing an online platform called Coach Middle East, where her true inspiration is about invoking and involving people to get to truly be what it is that there is passion involved. There is their skill involved. So coaching, training, facilitating, helping coaches to develop and become greater, to have a business and a business from home. So I'm not going to talk anything more about this. Let's hear it for my next guest. Miss Atiyah Dudat. Now, welcome to the call, Atiyah. How are you doing? I am so well. Thank you so much for that awesome introduction. I was blushing as you were speaking. <laughs> and I just wanted to ask you, since your name is Dudat, can you tell me how are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jennifer, I must tell you, when somebody makes that joke, which I've heard so many times, it just takes me back to my high school days. Mm-hmm. I was deputy head girl. And, when, and, and the way our school, uh, well, my matric class was situated upstairs and directly across the principal's office and the VP's office. And whenever he needed me as deputy head prefect, he would just step out of his office and say, do that. and I would have to hop hop to attention so you just reminded me of a very lovely memory when you said that so yes so with all this amazing stuff that you're doing I mean um, it's phenomenal but I wanted to ask you and, and to share with our listeners did you always have this passion even as a school girl or when you started off to truly become this capitalist who really wanted to change stuff and now that we're in change how is that working out for you how does it come to you what are you doing about it wow that's a big question jennifer Mm. um 
firstly, lovely show that you have on the podcast. I've heard some people in the past and you're doing an awesome job. And I'm so honored to be here in this uh, conversation with you not only just for the podcast but just to spend time with you because i i love chatting to you me too honey me too thanks i think jennifer i've always if i look back at um, the last 40 years that i could say i consciously knew myself i won't count the first few i i feel that i've been truly blessed and i had within myself this ambition I would put it into one word, this ambition and wanting to, to do more and this innate confidence that I can do it. If I had to put down or, I have, or if I had to assign where this kind of confidence came from, I would say it's directly from my parents, um, especially my mom who used to constantly encourage me to speak and articulate and take part in public speeches and debates and inter-school competitions and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And that kind of encouragement and support gave me the opportunity to interact with so many different topics and people and having to research different things in the types of speeches and debates I, ha- I was participating in. Mm-hmm. Needless to say, with that type of support and a very loving dad as well, who was behind me every step of the way, and they both still are. Um, God keep them in good health and um, and everything, the wellness. They, um, yeah, so the trophy cabinets were full with de- debating cups. And um, I just carried on from there. Of course, setbacks came, lots of setbacks, a human being spaces many. So how do people, um, it sounds brilliant, you are... You've got that innate capacity to debate, to talk, but there have to be hiccups around. We're here to to actually look at and be that example for all these hiccups that actually show up uh, at here. How does one truly navigate to create something even more phenomenal? What do you think about hiccups? What do you think about challenges? What's your opinion about that? Well, I would... Uh, correlate the, uh, the question you asked first regarding change with this one, right? So I'll answer both of them. When you ask me, what is my opinion about hiccups? Mm-hmm. You know, if I look at hiccups, just the word hiccups, not in its metaphorical sense now, mm-hmm. we are often told when you have a lot of hiccups, what should you do? Either you hold your breath for a long time <laughs> or you drink a lot of water and those hiccups will go away. Have you heard those kind of yes, old wives? Absolutely. Take? absolutely. I actually found a good remedy is to stop hiccups immediately, by the way, just to let you know. Okay. I'll chat to you about that. So if I, if I can use that play on that uh, metaphor, mm-hmm. either you're going to drink a lot of water or you're going to hold your breath and hope it's going to pass. Mm-hmm. Now, when metaphorical hiccups, setbacks are upon us, holding your breath and hoping it's going to pass is going to backfire. All right. That's almost like the ostrich mentality that if I put my head into the sand, everything will happen and I don't see it and and it's okay. You know, if I don't see it, it's not happening. Sorry, that doesn't really work in the real world. The other option was to drink a lot of water. And if we look at that uh, in its sense, it means rejuvenation, refueling, replenishment, um, hydration Mm. that moves you out of this dry state. 
you know, it takes the dehydration out of it's you. It's an amazing rejuvenation that gets you out of the stagnation. So that's yes, there we go. You master on the play of words. Um, magician with words, that's what you, you are, a magician with words. So I think to answer that question succinctly would be, how do you deal with hiccups or setbacks? Is that you have to stop and assess what's going on and what do you need who do you need it from? Where do you need it from? Do you need it from yourself in order to overcome that which is in front of you? I love that. I love that. And allow me to question you on that further. So what you're saying here is that there are three aspects to it. What do you need? Who do you need it from? And do you actually need it from you? And where do you need it from? And where do you need it from? So where, where would you start with your approach? What do I need? Okay. When I say, when a person questions themselves as what do I need, mm. it automatically moves them away from a focus on the problem to a focus on resources. Mm -hmm. A lot be, of people... Would it be a good idea to focus on where it is that you may be operating from and maybe that requires a bit of change and transformation and then it becomes something that you may want to look at as to what do you really require and desire that you can inspire to change would that be something that you might look at too of course as part of the four i would start with what do i need okay because before i can actually ascertain whether I'm in the right place or not, I need to know and identify what is my problem and what do I need to get out of it. Okay, cool. Wonderful. Please carry on. So from that point, I would then go to, well, where do I need it from? Mm -hmm. And that would make me, if you can imagine a person who's in a position of holding their head in their hands, they're facing a big setback or a change, what do I need? You know, I've got a situation in front of me, but I'm not looking at boo-hoo, I'm the victim, mm -hmm. everything's gone wrong, I've lost, I'm in grief. And of course, these things are very important. I'm not saying ignore the process of grieving or sadness or tears. Yes, catharsize emotionally, but then say, well, what do I need? Then go on to where do I need it from? Mm. And that you could also say, who do I need it from? And before going to exactly what you would need from others and from, and from the other places, you also have to ask yourself, have I got it within me? Mm. Some people at certain points of their life don't have anything within them to give. They're just down. You know, it's like, imagine a boxer. He's knocked out on the floor. He mm. needs that referee to come in and stop the fight. Or he needs his coach to come in and pick him up and put that ice back in his mouth or, you know, put water on his face. So there's nothing wrong with needing. There's mm. nothing wrong with admitting that I'm, in a, I'm down and I need help. There's it's actually really, strength in that. It's absolutely. I can't agree with you more. Um, I think it is a time where um, a level of vulnerability which is not a weakness, but a potency that I always maintain is to be able to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And many people do not think it is necessary to ask for help. So, so did you ever face um, any challenges 
that you personally have overcome that you'd like to share? I mean, emotional, personal, professional. What made you become this amazing woman that you were always and now have become even stronger and more, you know, sound at becoming and, and actually being an amazing coach yourself? What did you, what transpired in your life to help you to shift into that zone of truly standing in your power to become the invitation for other people to choose that as well, which is what it is your work is all about today? That's such a deep question, uh, Jennifer. For me, there were so many setbacks. I, I, I need more than one podcast to go through them all. <laughs> but round it up, said, my darling, round it up. <laughs> a, defining, a defining setback and challenge that was an onslaught for me, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, uh, relationship-wise, a complete wipeout for me was when my firstborn and only daughter passed away to cancer yeah. after the struggle of, uh, of battling her journey with her, with the brain tumor that she had and the having to deal with the aftermath of the loss of identity as her mother when she died mm -hmm. and the, internal workings of the mind, the heart, the understanding, the questioning, the, 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 the concept of was I punished? Did I do something wrong? How can this be right? Uh, is the, how is this part of God's plan? The anger almost even at God, at myself. at So, you know, it was a whole big spaghetti ball of mess. Mm. I was that spaghetti ball of mess. Mm. And fast forward two years of being in that position, trying to be a mother to a son who was 10 months old the day of her funeral, trying to, to have space in my heart to love another child, even though I loved him, but at that point I didn't want to love him. I didn't want to love anybody. Exactly. The, the pain was so huge. It was so... Intense. Yes, so intense, wow. so all-consuming. I, I, I know I shared this out of deep vulnerability and not a fear of being judged, but with the hope that somebody who's listening to this, who is maybe going through something like this, the grief of the loss of their empire, their job, their loved one in COVID, I've been there. I've physically banged my head against the concrete walls because the pain was just too much in I my head. That. I get that. You know, the I pain was just that. too much in my head, in my heart, in my understanding. It, everything was just broken. Totally. And I didn't have the strength to pick up the pieces of the floor. Mm. I was married. I had a husband. And unfortunately... Um, he also went through a lot of his own pain in a different way and escaped into addiction and other kind of destructive things that are very usual for parents who lose their children, according to the statistics. In fact, statistically, only one out of five marriages where a child dies 
Uh, a young child dies actually survive. Only one out of five survive. The rest of the four end up divorced or broken. So I was one of those textbook statistics. The marriage didn't work out after that. And just prior to the, the culmination of the end of that, I, I think my body just couldn't go on anymore. I, even though I wanted to push it, it refused to cooperate. And I experienced a very strange phenomena. <clears throat> it's called psychomotor retardation, mm. where your body psychologically shuts down. So all the motor operations shut down. Mm. Due to, so it gets retarded. That's what's mm -hmm. called psychomotor retardation due to psychological causes. So there was no spinal injury. There was no physical block. There was no, uh, you know, nothing. There was no MS, no multiple sclerosis. There was nothing physically that would cause my body to shut down and for me to stop operating. But my operating system said, well, you know what? It's time for you to shut down. But uh, uh, listening to what you're saying right now, it is so powerful, um, Athea, because I was just thinking about how energy in motion actually is emotion. And when there is that energy that is being blocked with the amount of profound sadness, it truly does affect the body. Because I've had people who have come to me who... I, who have been diagnosed with all kinds of stuff. But funnily enough, there's nothing wrong with them other than their emotions being stuck and bottled so tight within that they almost become paralyzed. It's almost like, you know, paralysis. And they are just totally lost and have no idea what to do. So I could truly get what you're saying. But wow, what a place to be in. And how did you get out of it now? Oh, that's a great, that was a great journey. I, I often look at myself as that caterpillar that got cocooned and had to fly out with beautiful wings because the caterpillar doesn't know it's going to become a butterfly. Exactly. It's just going through the process, you know, a God-given process. Mm. Um, and it quite, it, it, it's quite a surprise at the end, isn't it? A beautiful surprise. Absolutely. And, uh, but getting into that cocoon and getting out of that cocoon is not a pretty picture, mm. nor is it an easy situation. And nor is it something that somebody can do oh, and handle uh, for yeah, you. Oh, oh, exactly. It is your personal journey that you've got to take. And yes, it's, it's a very interesting thing that you said about the, the caterpillar and the butterfly because I have that as my logo. And it is about a caterpillar did not know that it had to die to become a beautiful butterfly. Oh, beautiful. Yes, exactly that. Exactly that. So how did I get out of it? Well, how did you become that beautiful butterfly, my dear? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, when I was uh, in that condition, Hmm. I, I think days went by. Apparently, it was about five or six days that I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. No idea of, no sense of time, no sense of me. Um, the psychiatrist at the hospital said I was in major clinical depression. Mm -hmm. And the only way out was through antidepressants. Mm -hmm. Being the stubborn, natured, confident <laughs> person that I am, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. having had, and ha having heard lots of the negative side effects of psychiatric medication, 
I refused to be on any type of medication. I just refused. And I remember arguing with one of the doctors uh, who came to visit me at my home to say, and, you know, gave me a beautiful diagram about how this would help you. And I agree with him totally. Now, since that time, you know, I've changed course with my studies. I've gone more into uh, cognitive neurodevelopment and understanding and, you know, my coaching, my counseling, uh, university certified and, and all that. And I understand now what the merit of what he said, but at that time I didn't. At that time it was just like, no, you're just trying to convince me to be on psychiatric medication and I'm not going to be on it and I will hear none of it. And he says, well, how are you going to cure yourself and what's going to pre prevent you from landing in the same space? Because I mean, you didn't even know where your child was or mm -hmm. who was feeding him or who was bathing him. You couldn't even feed or bath yourself. Mm -hmm. And those were real ugly yeah. questions to have to mm -hmm. be asked. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said to him, I don't know where, how and why just yet, but I know I will do it. Well, I think the determination he saw in my eyes mm -hmm. or the whatever he saw and heard was enough for him to, to believe that I don't know. Maybe he assigned it to, well, she's delusional again. Or maybe it was like, okay, let me see whether she really means it. Mm. And I firmly believe that there's no such thing as coincidence, Jennifer, because I was in the house that evening after being discharged and I heard an interview by mm -hmm. a uh, therapist on radio and mm -hmm. she was interviewing a woman called Brandon Bays mm -hmm. from... Um, and I was in South Africa that, at that time, and mm -hmm. she was interviewing Brandon Bays. And Brandon Bays was a nutritionist who worked alongside Dr. Deepak Chopra and was on stage alongside Anthony Robbins mm -hmm. when it came to their nutritional retreats and stuff like that. But this woman ended up with a basketball-sized tumor in her stomach. And she was the face of nutrition and wellness and health and associated with great names like Dr. Deepak Chopra and Anthony Robbins. I mean, how is it that she would be in this position where she was given six months to live? Six weeks or six months, my memory is a bit foggy there. Mm -hmm. And I said, my word. Mm -hmm. So this woman cured herself. She cured herself. And mm -hmm. she was talking about the, the journey that, uh, that she took to cure herself. And she labeled or she named this emotional healing process, The Journey. So if you look at up the journey by Brandon Bayes' book, yeah. she, the book she wrote, and this amazing therapeutic work that she did, and she still does. And so I said to myself, I want to meet this woman. This woman was overseas. Mm -hmm. the, at, at that time in my life, financially, me meeting her overseas was like a, a almost impossible situation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I had never flown out of South Africa except once when I was 17 with my mom to, and dad to Mauritius and I'd never been out of South Africa. And here I was at the age of 30, um, 35, I think it was. Yeah. No, no, I was, I, was I was 28. Mm -hmm. I was 28 years old at this time. And uh, I was like, you know, meeting her would be like something crazy, but I just wanted to meet her. And I started thinking about how I was going to find out more about what she was teaching. Within a week, I heard that she was coming to South Africa. Okay. And she would not be in the town that I would be in, mm. but she would be in another city nine hours away. Mm. And I said, I had to get there. 
So to cut a long story short, I made sure I did what it took to get to a weekend to mm. treat with her mm. and to hear what she had to say on her first visit to South Africa. I think I cried and I healed and I cried mm-hmm. and I broke and I was given the strength to pick up my pieces mm. on that two-day experience that was so much that my soul needed and it was the start of my own journey to finding and recreating a tear and that's how i started and from that i did everything i could to learn in fact i became a practitioner of the journey myself and i heal others with this method and i learned to pick at every one of my assumptions to relook at them to relook at life to examine everything i thought and i'm still doing so every day every day is a new day every day is a beautiful new learning for me and aha moments that i i pick up because i've i've just learned to open my mind mm. and i've learned to understand that the mind the mind is your greatest friend or your greatest enemy Mm, and it's like to you to I love what you, you said about the mind. <laughs> he said mm-hmm. mind was a dangerous master. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you, and you do not have to become its servant, but you need to actually be able to look at the mind and where your monkey mind is flipping all over the place and truly become master of your mind. Oh That's yes, to master one's mind is I think the the thing that anybody who wants to be aware and enlightened and mm-hmm. and develop themselves they have to learn to dissociate the mind from themselves it's like you know when it's people often joke well who is it me myself and i <laughs> you know you often hear that and and as as a young kid growing up you hear me myself and i and you think it's just a play on words mm-hmm. but in reality it's not there is a me myself and an i yeah the the amazing trinity that goes on i talk about it uh, quite often because it's mind body and being and if we all could actually tap into the three that are so powerful but when used separately they cause confusion when they come together it's pure delight mm. and pure fusion also total so so having said all of this atia um what is it that you do now and uh, tell us a bit about <clears throat> where it is that you are now what is it that you're doing and how how are people to reach out to you i know that you have mentioned that you have started off an amazing online platform called coach middle east and this is such an amazing thing that you have shared and that you have founded could you talk to us a bit about that please Uh Coach Middle East it's my baby at the moment in the sense that when the when corona um struck and we were in the throes of the pandemic mm-hmm. what really um propelled me to start this was two sad incidences one was when a fellow colleague in our organization took her life oh my god uh and the other was when Uh, a medical colleague of mine a fellow coach mentioned to me that 
a male doctor in her hospital broke down in tears. And, you know, to see a man cry is a very emotional experience for a woman, even if you don't know that man. And to see a male doctor cry is even bigger to digest. And this affected her so much as a, as a doctor in the hospital. She shared that with us as coaches, as in our group, our weekly mastermind. And she, she made a plea. She says, can somebody just do something? We, can we just do something? Mm-hmm. And I immediately took action. And I think a lot of life, a lot of achievement in life has been taken by people or, or has, been, has come about by people who take action. So, when the opportunity strikes and you feel you want to do something, just do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about the good things now, not obviously mm-hmm. when it's something that's a bit wobbly, stop and think, look before you leave. But mm-hmm. when it's something like this, when it's an appeal for help and you know you have the resources or even if you don't have all of it within you, it goes back to, well, what do I need? Where will I get it from? Do I have it within me? Mm-hmm. I rallied up a group of friends who are doctors and coaches and I said, I have an idea, get on a Zoom call with me and let's talk about, can we launch this? And I did, you know, um, I just threw in whatever resources I had monetarily and I said, well, this is going to happen by hook or by crook and I'm going to do it. And, and, it, and it launched, I think, just fueled by good intention, God's grace, of course, wonderful people who supported the idea, amazing support by the public, international public. Within two months, we reached 10 countries in in terms of the online reach. And we've been running it every Saturday. Every Saturday, it's your date with the doctor, 12 p.m. Dubai. And uh, now we've alternated either a medical doctor or a coach due to calls from the public that we want more of this and more of that. We've covered topics from autism to immune boosting to things with eye health to mental wellness to everything wellness. You know, and we're getting more calls for entrepreneurial wellness, calls for so many types of wellness where people are just logistically stuck to get in lockdown. And even in the countries where they are able to go out, it's still a free, completely um, valuable session. No advertising, no promoting of any products, no lead magnets, Mm -hmm. no tricks, nothing. It's just pure unadulterated wellness that mm-hmm. come here. Here's the doctor, here's a coach giving off their time for one hour, which will cost you normally consult with any medical professional or coaches, a, a good couple of hundreds, you know, yeah, that's right. Here, that's just, right. just, just come and just be here. Ask your questions directly to the person, whatever it may be and link up with them later. And the person actually gives their, social handle or contact, I am available to you as my service to the community as part of Coach Middle East. So it it may have the name Middle East, but it's actually a global online coaching platform. And since that time, I've um, collaborated with a few other coaches and few other houses, institutes, and we've developed this um, online incubation hub now for coaches who want to develop themselves in advanced skills, who want to learn how to uh, make a profitable business with their existing skills. Uh, And for youngsters and people who are not coaches, even people who are established doctors, engineers, or whatever in their field, if they feel that, you know what, I want to help others with what I know, but Mm -hmm. I don't actually have the qualification or the softer skills or the know-how on how to do 
uh, how to coach somebody really in my niche field, then we help them with that. So for instance, if you're a doctor in say blockchain management, right? Mm -hmm. But you need skills to coach that to other people. You may know your content, but in, but you also need to have the communication style and you need to have the, the, the listening skills and you need to have the ability to understand a person's blocks, blocks, their limiting beliefs to get them to a place where your content is actually worth gold to them, you know? Absolutely. So, so yeah, so Coach Middle East is now doing that. Um, lots of educators are now in a position where they are going to be at a loss of income in terms of schools closing down, nurseries closing down. I saw that also as a place where people needed upliftment. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the UAE, I've brought in a product called uh, Structure of Intellect. Mm -hmm. That's just being launched under the platform of I Think Intel Learning Solutions. So it's, uh, the website is I Think AE that's going to be up and running soon. It's uh, under construction now. Wonderful. So that is, uh, yeah, that is, that's, that's something so phenomenal, uh, Jennifer, it, it, it blows the mind in a, in a, in a time of disrupted curriculum worldwide. So whether you're studying Finnish, Swedish, Chinese, American, or British curriculum, whatever curriculum you're facing, a parent or a child is facing disrupted curriculum due to lockdown and school closures and whatnot. What prevents children from learning it's not that i'm not learning trigonometry or geometry because most people don't use trigonometry and geometry for the rest of their life but what is the skill that they were supposed to have learned within that there are many many brain and cognitive skills as part of schooling and me being an educator for the last 16 years in formal classroom i can tell you that some content is important not 100% of the, the content that one learns at school is important. But what's vital, what's imperative, the blood life of education is cognition, it's cognitive skills. And if we can't give that to our children online or offline, in school or out of school, whether you're on the planet Earth or you're part of Mars' <laughs> journey and, you, and you're going to be in Mars on, in 2030, in fact, 2025 is when Elon Musk's first um, group is planned to go to Mars. Mm. What, where's going to be schooling then? Exactly. So human beings need cognition. I would love to personally thank you because the way that I look at uh, education, most of the stuff that is, was taught in school is truly not a transferable skill in the workplace. And uh, it's redundant. It's totally redundant. And uh, what you're planning to do is, is really cool. We are going to be sharing all the links uh, with our listeners so they can reach out to you because I truly believe that what you are doing is truly remarkable. And it, and it all stems from, unless, you see, change is something that is so powerful because most of the stuff that we are being asked to change have never ever been in the range of our mind. Mm -hmm. As I said earlier on to you, that change always stands apart till we invite it to become a part, mm. of which we have always been a truly integral part. So it's about awakening that. It's about change it can be done in a very conscious manner. And that's why I love to have conversations with different kinds of people who look at change and step into it so beautifully and then are carried 
through the change as if it was all fun and joy. Like you, I love the way that you're doing your stuff because most importantly, as I introduced you, you are a person who totally operates from the emotion of joy, which is what it is that you employ in everything that you do. Bringing joy, you see, unless we are not joyful within, we cannot actually be an invitation to even share the joy in anything and everything that we do. And I see that in you and that's why it is that I wanted to have you on the show because I truly believe that that joyful expression of wanting to help, wanting to, and it's not like a desperation. No, it's, it's inspiring people to truly step into writing skills, coaching skills, having a platform of helping them to do a business from home, getting parents and, 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 and children to actually look at education in a totally different way. It's, it's so amazing to see the innovation that truly comes into the creation of something that you do. Hats off to you, lady. Hats off to you. Oh my goodness. You know, it's, it's really what you say. It sounds weird in the beginning that a person can live with joy, but I promise you that when a, when a person has within themselves and every single one of us is a leader and an ambassador, the question is, I'm a leader to who? And I'm an ambassador for what? Okay. And when, you, when a person leads their life in that way, first of all, who's my first contact? You know, I remember a specific day, Jennifer, in one of the times when I had to pick myself up financially, I was traveling um, 136 kilometers away, one way to go to work every day in the morning at 5 a.m. with a little baby on my lap. All right. Mm -hmm. This was um, after the divorce. Mm. I had nothing to my name absolutely nothing to my name. I had to get onto a minibus mm. and travel to another town, take my baby, leave him at a babysitter in that town, get into a little van, which we call in South Africa, Baki, a Corsa Baki. Mm -hmm. And an educator, an educated person, a woman with hijab, mm -hmm. I said, you know what? I need to have a halal kosher income for my family for my three boys by then i had three boys and how am i going to do that there were no jobs in education i returned to my little small town where my dad and mama from where i was born mm -hmm. and there were no jobs i had to do something i knew i was good at speaking and i knew if i put my mind to sales i would be able to do it i did it through direct marketing with honey accessories and jewelry and small things from home over the years and i said you know what I don't have formal experience in sales and training and marketing, but give me a chance and I'll do it. I remember a company, SA Steel, mm -hmm. steel manufacturer of the steel bars in front of the trucks. You know, when you see these big trucks, these freight liner trucks and Mercedes trucks on the road and Fuso trucks, they have to have these metal bars in front of them, you know, to kind of protect the, the, the radiators and stuff that's at the front of the, of the truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A company needed a rep. Can you imagine now that you know what I look like and the type of person that I am, go up and say, well, try me. <laughs> imagine the CEO looking at this Muslim woman in her abaya and hijab coming into his factory 
in an industrial area and say, well, I'd like to be your sales and marketing rep. I, I, I can still remember the look on his face. He was shocked. <laughs> and, he said, and he said to me, um, are you sure you're at the right place? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, you know, I, and your response could have been, Forget about the right place. I know I'm in the right space. <laughs> oh, I could have been that old. I, I was like, I, I should have said, forget about the right place. You've got the right person. Focus on the real stuff. Anyway, he, he said to me that, do you know, you're going to have to be going to truck yards. This is mm. a male dominated space. Mm. Do you feel safe to do that? Mm. Do you have the skills? Have you... Have you ever sold anything in this, in this size? He says, do you know you'd have to have, you'd, the company car is actually a van mm -hmm. and there'd be steel bars on the back of it that you'd have to take. Mm -hmm. I said to him, well, so long as I'm not putting those bars onto the back of the bucky and offloading them, I can drive that van. <laughs> and he was like, he, 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 I think he looked at me and was mostly taken by the spunk and I don't know, brave or stupid, one of the two. And he said, okay, I have one client who's a really big client and he's the main operator of Mercedes trucks in the country, in, in the province. Mm -hmm. If you get him for me as a client, sign him on and he takes this amount of business from me every month. That means you have to sign him on to these amount of bars mm -hmm. every month. Mm -hmm. You've got a job. I said to him, okay, what's my commission? Mm -hmm. He said, well, it would depend on the amount of bull bars that you sell. I said to him, this is the amount that I need. And I gave him the amount. This is the amount that I need every month mm -hmm. to be able to pay all the kids' bills, school fees, da 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 Mm -hmm. to live a comfortable life, to get back on my feet, including savings. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I put it in my head and I worked it out that if I did this for six months, I would be able to get out of this hole that I was in, this pit. And while I say pit, I'll tell you Nassim Taleb is a famous author of the book, The Black Swan. Mm -hmm. The Black Swan. He says that there's two ways to view chaos. Chaos, some people see it as a pit, to fall in and others see it as a ladder to climb. Mm, never really before, true. never before has this word and this quote meant so much than in the time of coronavirus and the pandemic. But mm. chaos is a repeated cycle that will come in one's life. It's, it's just part of life. You go, it's, there's ups and there's downs, there's ups and there's downs and the downs are your chaos. You're either going to look at that as a put and you're going to stay there at the bottom or, you, or, or like, you know, you're at the bottom of a well or you're going to use that bottom to kick up and say, well, there's no more down for me to go. Enough I'm going to climb up. Enough. I like to use the word enough is enough. Yes, enough is enough and I'm climbing up out of here. And, I love and, and that's what I did. That's what I did, Jennifer. I signed on that client. Uh, similar story. The man got a shock of his life at Mercedes-Benz uh, truck dealership to see little old me come in there and say, well, you know what? I need you to buy this foot bus. <laughs> and I had to sell him on the, the idea and the... Uh, but life is very beautiful, Jennifer. And, and God is very kind. Because let me tell you who the owner of that company turned out to be. Mm. The owner of that dealership, the biggest dealership, and he's still the, big, the biggest dealership in South Africa, 
of Mercedes-Benz trucks. Mm -hmm. He was the parent at a school at which I was the school counselor of previous okay. to the, prior to the divorce. And his daughter had had some issues that she needed help with. And I treated his daughter as my own child. I didn't care whether the school administration approved of me calling her out of school hours, of keeping in touch with them on a personal basis, but I did everything within my capacity of giving to be the, 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 the person or the strength or the resource for this child, this girl, to pick herself out of the emotional pit she had fallen in. Because remember, after my psychomotor retardation and after the journey, I made a vow that I would never let any person that I knew of or that I know or, or what, that I could reach go to where I went to in my mind. So that, I was that there passionate. was your, your trigger point. That, that That's why I say that, what that was defining. Today. Exactly. Yeah, that was a defining moment that I would not let anybody go down a path of mental ill health or dysfunctional results or whatever it may be i wouldn't want them to sit and wallow in that pit because i know how deep how dark how horrible how cold that pit was and i just if i can get somebody help and if i have it within me i will do what it takes i mm. will do what it takes to help them out of there and this girl was one of those people wonderful so so and what was it her father who i did not know was the owner of that dealership was the ceo of that company and he got a shock of his living daylights to see me, the school counselor of a prestigious private school, coming to him in a place of, uh, you know, a place of vulnerability to be vulnerability, able to lift yes. yourself up and to stand up tall to who you were and never, exactly. ever choose to play it small. Exactly. And he, and he was taken. He was taken in the sense that he saw that me being that person who gave so much. Yeah, I was in this place of vulnerability. And I'll tell you, it was a bit embarrassing for me, Jennifer, because I felt ashamed. You know, I felt that prickle of shame that, oh, my God, this man saw me as, uh, as such a you know, wonderful person uh, on this pedestal helping his family. Uh, which I obviously had nothing from him. Atiyah, but that there in itself shows your remarkable ability to shift and change at a dime. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when we are trying to operate from our own old laurels and principles and what have you, and the structures and the way that things have to be done, that ain't fun anymore. Because you're not going anywhere. So it's almost like trying to repeat the whole darn thing, uh, being on a hamster wheel. And, and that is not working anymore. Chaos is the new norm, the way that I look at it. And every single day, people are actually invited to look at what is going on. And it's about choosing to be present with what is going on. Oh, yes. There are going to be times when it's going to be difficulty. Yes, but every single challenge I have personally uh, encountered is a kick in my butt to make me look at what it is that I'm playing, you know, um, where I'm just going with status quo and choosing not to grow. 
because we're yeah. not here to be in this, you know, in this lull anymore. It's a wake up and a shake up call for everyone to step up into who they are and who they are could be different from one day to the other. And there's nothing that is going to keep us, you know, just playing it small. We're not here to play it small. We're here to stand up tall, to truly get to become the grander and the grandest version of ourselves in every friggin' moment. And I truly oh, believe yes. that is what it is that, and what you're doing right now, and which I, which I love, is, is about bringing people together. The other thing that people have to learn is that is you do not have to do everything yourself. We are mm -hmm. not here to compete with one another. We are here to come together to, to, to truly collaborate because when each one of us stands in our own personal power and our potency, we truly then can come together to make the shift, to make the change of a different possibility that is always there asking us. The challenges are asking us to step up and into who we truly are. And that is what the call of the R is. So having said that, Atiya, I am going to ask you uh, to give our audience, we are running out of time, so I'm going to ask you to give our audience three things that you have used in your own life to catapult you to who you are today and what you deliver to the world. Three things. Jennifer, the first thing I'll tell you is that I am a person who at the end of every evening before I lay my head down to sleep, I ensure I have my last meeting. And that last meeting is with my greatest contact that I would ever need. And that is the Almighty. Exactly. I talk to him before I walk with him. Exactly. And if I could encourage people for a recipe of success, do that. Because that encapsulates your mindfulness, it encapsulates your awareness, it encapsulates your vulnerability to ask for help. It, it lets you know what you need. It, it, you can cry in the dark, you can let go, you can go to sleep soundly. And you can wake up refreshed knowing that God is going to help you fix everything for you. Mm. So Good talk one. to him and walk with him. This is my first. Second thing I would say is that Nothing that you will face in your life, you don't have the strength to overcome. In fact in, the, in fact, in the Quran, it's repeated more than three times. God never places you with a, God never places upon you a burden greater than you can bear. Yeah, this is very, very important, very important. Just, just remember that no matter how bad it is, you have something, someone within, within, you, within you, around you, you will overcome it. Yeah. Right. The third one is those, the play on the chuck words you just said. Mm -hmm. Challenge is the kick, as you said, a kick in the butt to change. <laughs> to wake up. To, wake to up. change. I'm going to give you five chuck words. Challenge, change, chance, choice, and champion. Mm. I will leave it to the listeners to decide how they want those five words in what order they want to put it. But for me, champion is at the end. <laughs> Truly. So having said that, Atiyah, I would love to thank you for this amazing time that we spent together. 
It has been invigorating, inspiring. Your story has, has really shaken me. And I think many people who are going to hear it are going to say, wow, what a woman. But then again, with your being so humble, and yet, I know that you, excuse my French, kick ass a lot, <laughs> <laughs> which I love about you, uh, is a person who stands there as a maverick herself, a catalyst for change, a person who is the possibility walking on the planet, a person who's an invitation of a different direction, of different approaches, a person who truly brings to the fore that we are possible. On that happy note, thank you very much for sharing your valuable insights with us. And I look forward to speaking to you and possibly doing some work with you to, to add to your repertoire of amazing experts and let me know what it is that I can do to really facilitate and help in this amazing thing you've got, Coach Middle East. I would love to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. It my honor, absolute honor and privilege to have you with us. And that goes to anybody out there that's listening to this podcast. All it takes is just your will to say, well, I want to shine my light and I want to share my uniqueness. That's it. That's it. Just pick up the phone and call me. If you can't find my number, it's on www.coachmiddleeast.com. You'll find it there. All your social handles are going to be put as part of the show notes. So everyone is going to be reaching out. Your phone might be just ringing off the hook, sweetheart. So I would just you very much. Thank you very much for your time. And with this amazing podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I hope it has been inspiring for you because change is constant, but changing is a personal choice that actually needs to have that voice. And it's about time that we all were heard. So step up and into the amazing gift that you can be, that you already are and possibly sometimes forget. I think people like Ati and myself are here to remind you that you are a gift and you are the possibility. And that is what it is that this podcast is all about, conversations and conscious change. Thank you very much. This is Jennifer signing off. Take care, be safe, and be that gift because that's what you are.